And the crowds asked him, where, Lord, where will this happen? And Jesus said to them, where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Would you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus was doing his Jesus thing when yet another group of Pharisees showed up and they started badgering him with all their questions. They were mystified by all the mysteries. They were nonplussed with all of his parables and they just couldn't take it anymore. Enough is enough, Jesus. When is all of this going to happen? And for once, just once, could you give us a straight answer? Jesus said, you and your friends, they all want one thing. They want a sign. You want some big demonstration that what I've been talking about is getting set into motion. You flock to Twitter. You assume that with every new scandal, with every new bit of devastation, that it's a sign of something greater happening. Yeah, that's right. I see what you all do on the internet. I know your inner monologues with your conspiracy theories. I've even eavesdropped on some of your mid-afternoon gossip sessions. But if you've been listening to anything I've been saying, Jesus said, the more you go looking for the kingdom somewhere else, the more you're going to miss it. Because the kingdom, my kingdom, as I've been trying to knock into your brains, is already here. Seriously. It is among you. Hell, it's even within you. Perhaps it's best if I put it just like this. The kingdom is lost in you. And only when you admit that you are lost as well, will you actually be able to start seeing it. Come on, Jesus! What in the world are you talking about? We don't want some sort of mystical kingdom. We want you to overthrow the powers that be. We thought you were going to take back the throne. That you were going to let us reign over the earth. How can your kingdom be among us when the world still feels like garbage? I mean, how can the kingdom be in me when I feel like garbage? I know, I know. You all can't stand the stuff that I'm bringing, but I'm going to bring it anyway. I know all of you well enough to know that even with my talking about it, as clearly as I am right now, it won't leave you feeling like it's all settled. Jesus, you think you're being clear right now? For God's sake, could you just tell us something true for once? All of you will point to things as if I have some master trick up my sleeve. As if I'm working behind the curtains, I'm pulling all the strings of life. You are going to start picking and choosing the signs that match most with your own sensibilities. And you know what? You're probably going to even lord them over other people. Tell them that it was my work or that I have something to do with the craziness that's happening in the world. And all that squabbling, all that pontificating, all that gesturing will be for nothing because it will be a denial of everything I've already done for you. I believe you, Lord. I know you're telling the truth. Thanks, Peter. I knew you'd believe in me. Maybe you're good with what I'm saying. Then when push comes to shove, I'm sure you're going to deny it. Well, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. No matter how any of you feel about this stuff, some of you are going to think about the craziness. There will be people who say that mass shootings are my way of getting all of you back to prayer. There'll be people that say, we've got to lock up everyone who's on the border. 
Because it's a sign of holy justice. They're going to point and point and point and point. And they're going to say, that's Jesus, that's Jesus, that's Jesus, that's Jesus. And for God's sake, literally, don't go running after all that nonsense. And don't you dare follow the example of those people. They haven't a clue in the world. Because when I come in glory... It won't be in a particular place. It won't even be through a particular people. When I show up in glory, it's going to be like lightning. It's going to be all over the place. It's going to be all at once showing the truth of everything to everyone. But before being blinded by my light, the Son of Man will endure suffering. He will be rejected by people of today. Of course you're going to get rejected, Jesus. Nobody's going to buy anything you're selling. But don't you see? I'm not selling anything. In fact, I'm giving it all. I'm giving it all away for nothing. It will be just like during the days of Noah. You remember him? He was in on the whole mystery of death and resurrection before anybody else. Except he didn't really know it during his life. He was a sign that the whole world was going to hell in a handbasket. And that God had plans to use death to save the world. But everyone during the time of Noah, they ignored it. They wouldn't think about anything else except their precious little lives. They had dinner parties to go to. They had vacations to plan. They had tennis matches to watch. And they went right on doing all those things until the very end when Noah packed up his ark and the rest of the world drowned. My followers, are you starting to get it now? The message I'm giving you to share with the whole world is that even in death, you're going to be fine because death is my cup of tea. The problem isn't death. The problem is all those people who are so committed to their version of whatever living is, they just can't let go. Because when I come in glory, it's the people who are obsessed with holding on to their lives that aren't going to be very happy. Imagine. Imagine your neighbor is up on his roof fixing that, that gutter he's been ignoring for so long. And imagine I show up risen from the dead What good would it do him to go back into his house to grab his wallet and check his hair in the mirror before he joins me in the resurrection? Or picture somebody mowing their lawn. Do you think they should go inside to finish filing their tax return before they join me in the blinding light? Do you remember the story of Lot's wife? When everything was finally out in the open, God was doing a new thing. It was time for her to go with God's flow. She decided to have a little nostalgia binge. To look back and to think about all that she used to have back in Sodom. And you know what happened to her? She turned into a pillar of salt. I know that many of you are going to try to save your life like that. And you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it all. It's because you're so obsessed with what you've done, what you've earned, and what you've accomplished that you can't even see the truth when it's standing right in front of you. And I can't blame you. We've all grown up in a world, we've all been conditioned to hold on to our lives with every fiber of our being. So losing that control will feel like we're losing our lives. I know this kingdom stuff I've been talking about isn't easy to digest because everything and everyone else will try to sell you a different story. You know what that's called? Idolatry. Whenever you feel compelled to worship something else, whether it's a person or an institution or, heaven forbid, something like a political party, those things, they cannot give you life. 
In fact, they suck the marrow out of your life. They pretend to tell you what to do, what is important, what is good and true and beautiful. And those things aren't necessarily bad. They might even be significant. They make differences in the ways we live and move and have our being, but they are not the difference that makes the difference. That's me. And believe you me, things are going to get worse before they get better. You're going to start pitting yourselves against each other over the dumbest things. You're going to reject one another because of a wayward comment or a foolish story. And at some point, you're going to look back on your life and wonder, where did everyone go? But when it comes to my kingdom, remember the one that's already around you, the one that's already within you, it's going to be even more confusing because some people are going to accept it and others are going to reject it. You'll see two friends out in a boat fishing. One of them will say yes to my death and resurrection. The other will say no. You'll see friends on a trip to the market and one will go for the deal of my death and resurrection and the other will say they need to think about it forever. Okay, enough, Jesus. Where is this going to happen? Just cut the small talk about the mystery and give us something real. Where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. You didn't like that? A little too dark? A little too brooding? Making you uncomfortable? There, where the vultures gather, is where the corpse is? It's all about death. Haven't you been listening to any of the stories I've been telling you over the last three years? I know that death is the one thing you all choose to avoid more than anything else. Not just your literal deaths. You don't even like thinking about death. Yet death is the only thing in this life that you don't have to worry about. You can put the dead anywhere and the vultures will find the bodies. That's what vultures are good at. So do you see it? I'm in the death and resurrection business. That's what I'm good at. I will come and find you wherever you may be. So forget all of your anxiety of the question of where will this happen. And while you're at it, get rid of all your hows and all your wins. The only thing that matters is that you trust me to do what I say I'm going to do. And then get out there and tell other people to trust me too. Because in the end, that's the only thing you can really do. Trust me. I'm going to take care of everything else. So don't worry about where you are or who you're with. Because in the end, I'm with you. So I offer this to you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God now and forever. Amen. Would you all please bow your heads and join me in prayer? Lord, we confess that there are many things of which we are afraid of. We are afraid of loss, suffering. Perhaps the thing we're most afraid of is death, which is all the more strange when your son reminds us through his parables and through his action that he is in death and the resurrection business, nothing more and nothing less. We are reminded, O oh Lord, when we sing and when we pray and when we listen and when we feast, that your son did not come to redeem the redeemable or fix the fixable, but he came to raise the dead.
And so we start remembering, O Lord, that our deaths have already been taken care of. It can actually free us to live fully here and now. We need not be afraid of where we are going because you've already given us the answer. Instead, if we have anything to be afraid of, it's what are we going to do with every day you give us? We confess here in this place on this day, O Lord, that most of us, if not all of us, have squandered the gift you've given to us. We've squandered our lives. We've wasted our time on things that do not give life. We've worried and fretted over things that mean nothing. And yet you continue to be present with us and for us. You continue to say, hey, come and eat at my table. No matter what you've done, I'm always going to leave the door open for you. So help us, O Lord. Help us to lead the lives you want us to lead. Amen.